Welcome to TBT's podcast. I'm Dan Friel. On this edition, we've got a great breakdown and preview of the Northeast Regional with Jake Pavorsky and Josh Brown. Jake, let's start with you. How are you doing today? I'm doing excellent, Dan. Thank you for having me as always. And Jake, I mean, Josh, how about yourself? Doing well, Dan. Getting close. Getting close to TBT. Now, the speaking of getting close, so it's July 8th and 9th in Philadelphia for the Northeast Regional. Uh, this is a stacked regional this year, guys. Northeast has always been one of the stronger regions that TBT has had, but this year in particular, it really stands out for, I think, for me, the veteran teams that we have in that region. Yeah, Dan, I mean, uh, you look, I'm just trying to get a, a rough match, but a lot of familiar faces in that region. Uh, a couple of new really good teams, but yeah, I mean, uh, you go up and down, we're going to get into them. You know, Talladega Knights, Untouchables, Foe, Zoo Crew, etc. A lot of good veteran teams who know kind of what it takes to win in TBT, and I think um, that's kind of half of the battle right there. You know, a lot of these guys might have played in the NCAA tournament in college, but uh, TBT's a little bit of a different animal, and a lot of these teams have played very well in TBT before, so they know uh, kind of what you need to do to win. So, yeah, you, you said it perfectly there, Dan. Really kind of stacked veteran crew of teams here in, in uh, going to play at Philly U. All right. Now, what we're going to do is break down this regional by time. So our first tip is at 9.15 a.m. The last tip on Saturday, July 8th is at 9.30 p.m. The way that this works is that the two teams that are the four teams rather that play in the first two games, the winners of those games then play each other in the first game on Sunday. The second two games, those winners advance, etc. So they're basically grouped into little pods, uh, as we call them. The 9.15 game is the number eight seed Talladega Knights versus the number nine seed, the Paul Champions. The Talladega Knights are a second-year team in TBT organized by Ray Chang and Josh Boone, uh, formerly of the New Jersey Nets at the time, and uh, UConn Husky. Uh, The Paul Champions advanced through the Jamboree, really looked like one of the best teams in the Jamboree, if not the best team in the Jamboree. Uh, Jake, your thoughts on this awesome 8-9 matchup that's going to take place at 9-15 on Saturday, July 8th in Philadelphia? Yeah, I think it's a perfect way to kick off TBT. It's two teams with different varying levels of experience. The Talladega Knights obviously were involved with TBT last year, but the Wesley Paul champions got their feet wet with the Jamboree as well and looked really, really solid, especially behind Earl Boykins, who despite being 41 years old, can still shoot the heck out of the ball. I think he averaged nearly 25 points a game, was, you know, the driving force behind that team. You know, it's an older team coming from the Paul champions. They don't necessarily have the a youthful vigor as Talladega Knights might have. A lot of those guys are still playing and as opposed to the Wesley Paul champions, who you have guys like Boykins and Kenny Satterfield, older retired players with some experience. It's going to be a very good matchup. We'll see who comes out on top. It'll be experience versus sort of a a youth movement uh, in this game. Josh, the Talladega Knights come back with pretty much the same team that they had last year, but they're also playing their first game competitively of the summer in TBT in that first-round matchup, whereas the Paul champions, obviously having played those two games in the Jamboree, come in having played together as a squad before. Do you think that's an advantage? Um, you know, maybe a little bit, but, you know, the Talladega Knights, I, I, that teamwork maybe takes a little bit to get together, but, uh, we saw them last year, they played Team Fancy, and they came together perfectly well, and they beat them, they had a really nice win over a really good quality Fancy team, and, uh, I mean, you talk about guys like Josh Boone, he's played with, um, in TBT with guys he might not have played with before, and obviously with that Barstool team, they made it a far run, um, and then Slam Magazine, they were one and done, but he has TBT experience, Tyro Nash, obviously, uh, a Notre Dame fighting alumni alum, alum, knows what it's like to win in TBT. So, um, no, I think they'll be all right heading into the game. I mean, uh, excuse my pronunciation if I get it wrong, but Manny uh, Quezada. Quezada. 
Quezada, uh, he was like the best player on that team yeah. last year. Really good, shifty point guard. He can get to the hoop. He can shoot. Um, so they have a couple of guys, too, you might not expect who can really uh, you know, score the basketball. So I think they're going to be okay. They're a really good, kind of diverse team. And I think it'll be, like Jake mentioned, really just a great way to kind of kick TBT off. Yeah, Josh, you mentioned it, but Manny was the guy that really stood out to me last year. I think he had almost 30 points, if not 30-plus points, in their round one, round one matchup last year and then played almost as well in the second game as well. So I, I think that Talladega Knights team is really going to be one to one to look out for. Uh, they may be adding a couple guys this week, so we'll see what happens with them. Um, with respect to the Paul Champions, you know, you hear some names associated with uh, joining this team that are really impressive, guys that were on NBA rosters and that may have played in the finals this year. So uh, we'll see what happens. If they can add a couple of guys to that roster for the Paul Champions, you might be looking at a team that could upset – uh, the eight seed here, and eventually advance. But we'll see. I think uh, never underestimate Josh Boone. I love the fact that he joined forces with Tyrone Nash, his uh, rival in the 2014 championship game. So that's really going to be a great one to watch. Now, the winner of this game is going to get matched up with the winner of the 116 matchup, which is the FCM Untouchables versus OPI. Jake, your thoughts on the FCM Untouchables, because there's been a lot of movement in the last couple of days, rumors about their guys. Are they a victim of being too good? Uh, it's possible. I mean, you look at some of the, the top heavy players on that team. Mike James was probably the most elite guard in all of Europe is rumored to be signed with the Phoenix Suns. It seemed as though the untouchables were waiting around to see if Brad Wanamaker was going to be able to join. Now he's rumored to be joining possibly the Celtics or the Pelicans. So those are two guys that, you know, have really been a, a large part of that team in the past or would be a large part of that team going forward that might not be available. All of a sudden, I mean, the good news for the Untouchables team is that they are very heavy at the guard position. Mike Green, Ricky Harris, uh, newcomer Marcus Hatton should help them carry the load there. Uh, but it's sort of hard to replicate what James and Wanamaker could bring. They would be an elite backcourt, probably the best backcourt in all of TBT. Two guys that can absolutely score the heck out of the ball. You know, maybe they start to turn to some of their, you know, the low post players. You have a guy like Kyle Hines, the, the best defender in all of your league, you know, at 6'7", who's undersized a little bit but can definitely bang down low. And you have Ghani Lawal, another guy with some EuroLeague experience, as well as some NBA experience, uh, six foot nine power forward who played at Georgia Tech back in the day. You know, those are two guys you might ask to carry the load, as well as Jarrell Benjamin, a uh, third guy with some NBA experience uh, who played at Towson. You know, the, the culture might shift on that team from being an outside real shooting threat to, you know, a low post, bang down low, dominating kind of team. That's going to be tough against, uh, if they assuming that they advance and they beat the 16, but that would be tough against either one of these 8-9 matchups in the second round, Josh. Do you agree? Yeah, I do. I do. I think it's going to be, um, a, you know, uh, it wouldn't surprise me if, if you know, Talladega Knights or Paul Champions can uh, upset FCM Untouchables. I mean, Jake mentioned it, though. I mean, uh, just how deep they are. Um, you know, even if they have a loss or here or there, I mean, they're fine. I mean, uh, you kind of, when you go down the roster, you kind of skip over guys who might be the best or second best player on any other TBT team. I mean, uh, Dan, I mean, and Jake, we watched Ricky Harris last summer. Uh, he's a guard out of UMass, really a dynamic guard for them. Uh, he's listed at 6'2". I think he's a little bit taller than that, but I actually heard um, he had a couple of missed free throws against City of Gods in that, uh, I believe it was the Northeast Regional Championship uh, game last year, and I heard he missed a couple of big free throws, and I heard uh, that that's kind of haunted him since then, so He's come back really strong. He's really determined to have a big uh, TBT. Uh, I mean, you look at guys like, again, Gilbert Brown, Cameron Clark, guys who made up that Zoo Crew roster. So um, it's going to be tough for Talladega Knights or Paul Champions to overcome all that talent. But uh, like you mentioned, if they're missing a guy here or there, you never know what could happen. And uh, they're going to have a tough matchup in that second round, no matter if they draw Talladega or the Paul Champions.
pants. Yeah, and Jake, you were talking, or somebody was talking to me about Michael Green um, as really being a dynamic uh, point guard from Butler University. So I, I'm a, I'm really intrigued to see what happens with this Untouchables team. Ninety percent of TPT success is getting your guys to show up. So if you have a full roster, uh, it's going to be really tough to beat this team. That being said, they may not have a full roster. And if they don't, then there's really an opportunity not only for the 8-9 winner, uh, but also for the 16 seed. This OPI team, uh, these guys all played very high-level basketball. D1, D2 guys that have played, um, you know, sometimes played professionally. But more than anything, I think they know how to play. They're very hungry. And I think they're really going to jack up a lot of threes. Uh, Josh, any thoughts on OPI? Yeah, Seamus Abidi, he played last year in TBT. He's a baller, Dan. I mean, he's as good as they come. He can shoot the basketball. Uh, he's a, a little bit of an undersized uh, forward, but he, he's a really good player, uh, again, who can shoot the basketball, get to the hoop. They have good chemistry, this team. So, um, I mean, we saw it last year with the Jackson, Tennessee underdogs. You're not a pushover in TBT, maybe like the NCAA tournament if you're a 16 seed. I mean, these guys are hungry. Um, they've played, you know, relatively high um, levels in college basketball, and they're going to come out, like you said, Dan, they're going to take a lot of threes. And, uh, you know, you never know if you come out and you make three, four threes in a row to open up the game, you get the untouchables on the ropes a little bit. You never know what could happen from there. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think most people are kind of penciling in the untouchables to maybe come away from that matchup and play, like we mentioned, either Talladega or the Paul Champions. But I'm not doing it just yet because, uh, you know, this is a hungry team who can shoot the ball. And they're a quick team, too, like you mentioned, Dan. So, um, you know, watch out for OPI. They're going to give you a pretty tough game in that first round matchup. Right. And OPI obviously playing on uh, in memory of uh, Kyle Callanan's uh, close friend, Owen Iannotti, who passed away a couple of years ago. So they'll definitely have the emotional motivation there to uh, continue that success and, and to play in his honor. All right, let's move on to the next pod here. Uh, now we have the 12:45 game. This is a 4:13 matchup. Uh, one of the ones I'm really looking forward to. Uh, Team Foe is the four seed. F O E is the four seed, and number 13 seed is DC on point. Uh, Jake, your quick impressions of of this matchup of 4:13. Yeah, I always like watching Team Phil. Every time they come out, it's a North Philly party at Philly U. Uh, so it's going to be really fun to see the kind of crowd they bring to that game and, and the energy that they bring. Tough, hard-nosed team. I will say what's going to be a, a big factor in this game is going to be Malik Waynes will probably be li- missing. He's expected to go play in Summer League with the Washington Wizards. And that is a guy who can absolutely score. Uh, an NBA-caliber player who's obviously going to be getting a shot going back into the league. We'll see who they turn to on offense to sort of carry the load there. Maybe Tyshawn Taylor, another guy with NBA experience. Scott Rogers is another big body guard who's very good at attacking the basket. And then there's Michael Thompson, Clay Thompson's brother, who, like his brother, is a sharpshooter from outside. Uh, it should be a good matchup with this DC on point team who could potentially be a little bit underseeded. We'll see how the game plays out. But they've got some guys on that team that play at very high levels overseas. Sherrod Ford was in Turkey. Isaiah Swan is shooting the heck out of the ball in Venezuela. Uh, Andrew Washington is a guy who, who's gotten some acclaim in uh, basketball circles for his his winning in fight ball, which is a ridiculous one on one type of tournament where he came home with a hundred grand. So he's known for uh, playing in these sort of prize tournaments and doing very well. It's a good matchup of two hard nosed physical teams from some bitty, uh, pretty big metropolitan city. One from Philly, one from DC. Uh, we'll see, you know, what city comes out on top. The fact that uh, DC on point is a 13 seed, I think, speaks volumes about the quality of teams that are playing in this event. Because you've got not only a TPT champion, but you've got exclusively, um, I think, Division One players on that DC on point team. Almost every one of whom is currently playing professionally someplace in the world. Uh, some really interesting names on here as well. Obviously, you've got Turin Francis, who was the TPT champion in 2014, rather, with the Fighting Alumni. Uh, but Sherrod Ford from Clemson, Josh. I mean, this is a really solid team from DC on point and Team Foe. You know, could be potentially victim of that 
uh, issue that uh, that same issue that the Untouchables have with guys almost being too good and being called up to summer league and things of that sort. Yeah, I mean, you just took the words out of my mouth, Dan, with DC on point being a 13 seed. You you said it perfectly. Uh, Speaks to kind of the quality of teams in TBT because that's a really good team. I will say with Team FOE, um, they've put a heavy emphasis. And if you listen to any of the podcasts we did with with Marcus Morris or with Tyshawn Taylor, they've put a really heavy emphasis emphasis on um like really taking tbt seriously this year like really kind of a nose to the grindstone attitude like every game we're putting in you know we're prepping we're putting in that scouting work we're looking up these guys we're getting ready for the game so um you know i i think they'll probably eke out uh, uh, you know, a close win, but it's not going to be easy. I mean, I know Tyshawn Taylor uh, has really been preparing for TBT. He's been traveling all over the country playing in these different kind of, um, you know, these kind of summer league tournaments. I mean, uh, he's just been in Atlanta playing with a couple of the guys from the ATL Hoops for Hunger team that we saw in the Jamboree. He just recently played with a couple of them. Uh, he was playing out in L.A. a couple of weeks ago. So they're really getting ready for TBT. And I think you're going to see a, a Team FOE team win more prepared for each game than they were last year, and I think that's going to pay dividends even um, if they're missing a couple of guys due to summer league or whatever, but I think they're really putting in a ton of work, and I think that's going to take them pretty far in the tournament. A couple names that uh, Team FOE foe uh, potentially is going to add, Merv Lindsay and Nadir Tharp. I think Tharp went to, both wow. of these guys have connections to Kansas, which is really where the Morris Twins have pulled a lot of these guys from, but um those two guys could be big, especially if they're missing Malik Waynes for that first weekend. And obviously with the emphasis that they're putting on guard play, um, you know, that really could be a big impact on uh, Foe's success. All right, so let's go on to the teams that they're going to play. So the winner of the 4-13 matchup, Team Foe versus DC on point, is going to play the winner of the 5-12 matchup, which actually is a rematch in a way uh, of last year's uh, 5-12 matchup, I believe, which is the Zoo Crew, which is a Pittsburgh alumni team. Versus sideline cancer, uh, sideline cancer being one of the original four uh, TBT teams that are still playing in TBT. So we have the Zoo Crew versus the sideline cancer team. Uh, Josh, your thoughts on on this matchup of five twelve? Yeah, real good matchup. Um, I'm interested to see with the Zoo Crew how they kind of work this kind of reloaded lineup. You know, you have Levance Fields uh, playing with really a, a kind of new cast of, of Pittsburgh guys and you know I read an interview he did really confident in the group of guys whether it be Keith Benjamin Tyrell Biggs um, Ashton Gibbs another very good player that they put together so uh, it'll be interesting I mean I think I don't think they're as deep as they were when they were um, the you know when they played under the untouchables banner um, and they had some of the guys that are now on the untouchables but they're a good team filled with you know Pittsburgh's a really good basketball school. They have a couple of really good names on that team. But again, you know, sideline cancer, they're a mainstay. You know they're going to play hard. Um, and they have some good talent on that team, whether it be Anthony Clemens from Iowa, Jared Cole from Iowa too. Jared Cole's been one of their best players um, for the last two or three years. He's played for them. Uh, Dwayne Johnson's played very well for them. So, uh, you know, sideline cancer's one of the teams. They're, they're, they're going to play you really tough. Um, they're not an easy out at all. And if you kind of, if you, if Zucker has any kind of, trouble you know getting that chemistry back together that sideline cancer is going to kind of pounce on them and come right out the gate so uh, I'm interested to see how far this zoo crew team can make it especially Uh, again kind of the reworked team but um, again you never know with sideline cancer they're going to play you tough and they're certainly uh, up for an upset so it wouldn't really surprise me either way this game Jake sideline cancer made it to the uh, super well we called it super 17 at the time but in 2015 they made it to the round of 16 I think this is the best sideline cancer team 
that they've ever had. When you look up and down this roster, you've got pros that are playing all around the world. You've got a lot of guys from the Big uh, the Big Ten that have played uh, just recently. Uh, you have a lot of talent on the sideline cancer team. Could this be a 12-5 upset? It's possible. I mean, they've definitely rebranded and brought in some new top-end talent that played high D1. You have Aaron Brown, who was you know, a very good player at St. Joe's, a strong guard. And you have two Iowa players. Jared Cole has been the mainstay from the old sideline cancer team. But you have Anthony Clemens as well, another guard. Uh, Maverick Morgan just graduated from Illinois, so he's playing at a very high level. He was second on the team in scoring last year, third on the team in rebounds. He gives them a very solid post presence. Uh, him and Chevy Troutman for the Zoo Crew should be a very good matchup. Uh, down low, we'll see who commands the paint there. This is a, a sideline cancer team that's probably a little bit smaller than the Zoo Crew team. So we'll see if they can outrun them a little bit, get up and down the floor, and, and uh, score some buckets in transition as opposed to trying to play a slower half-court set. But one guy to watch on the Zoo Crew who's going to be an honorary Pit Panther for the weekend is Jesse Morgan from Temple University, an absolute lights-out shooter, a gunner from three, who's going to be running all sorts of crazy uh, around screens, trying to get shots up, helping this Pittsburgh team out as they try and get deep into the uh, into the TBT tournament. Aaron Minkoff, the team's GM, is a Temple guy, so I imagine that's how the connection got started there. It's going to be a very, very fun matchup of uh, of two teams that should definitely go down to the wire there. It's going to be fascinating. I think especially since a lot of the guys from the Untouchables kind of jumped from the pit thing and jumped into their own thing this year, and LeVance Fields was kind of uh, left to take the reins on this uh, pit alumni team, and he really has done a lot of the recruiting himself in terms of getting these guys to play. So LeVance is going to be very motivated. I thought, frankly, in the Northeast Regional last year that LeVance looked like one of the best point guards in the entire region, uh, even in, despite the fact that he hasn't played professionally in a couple of years. He just looks like a guy that knows how to run an offense. So I'm, I'm fascinated by this 5-12. I have no idea how this one's going to work out. But again, the winner of that 5-12 matchup, 5 being the Zoo Crew team, 12 being Sideline Cancer, is going to meet up with the winner of the 4-13, which is Team Foe versus DC on point. Okay, let's go on to the next matchup. We have uh, the 415 game is going to be the six-seeded City of Gods versus the 11 nation Gale nation the 11 seeded Gale Nation, which is an Iona alumni team. Uh, City of Gods is the two-time defending Northeast Regional champion. They come back with a lot of veteran presence but missing a couple of key well, not a couple, but several key contributors from their past runs in TBT. We'll get into that in a second. Gale Nation is a first-time TBT entrant. Uh, with an Iona alumni squad that really looks pretty solid. Uh, Josh, your thoughts on this 6-11 matchup? Yeah, Dan, I've, I've been reaching out to uh, a couple of you know TBT experts, and uh, they're gonna we're gonna see their bracket soon on the tournament.com. But um, I think it's been universal so far that people are going with the the what's it the eleven uh, six upset here. Really, uh, Gale Nation. People, yeah, people are really high on Gale Nation. Um, and you know how can you not be? I mean, you look at the guys on this team. I mean, Stephen Burt um, on this Gale Nation team is really. Uh, I think he's like the second leading scorer in Iona history. And, you know, number one is his father, Stephen Burt Sr. Um, you look at guys uh, on this team really up and down. Uh, uh, you know, um, sorry, I'm just loading up that page here. I mean, uh, Isaiah Williams was the other guy who I, I know has had a really good career at Iona. He, he's playing over in Belgium where he was one of the top scorers in the league uh, this year over in Belgium. And yeah, I mean, they're an alumni team, which I think gives you an inherent advantage in terms of uh, the chemistry and obviously all that. They do have a couple of non-Iona guys in there as well. But yeah, people are really high on them to, to get that upset over City of Gods. And um, I think City of Gods, I've read, maybe feels a little bit slighted. You know, they've uh, been the two-time defending Northeast Regional Champion. And I think a lot of people are high on 
on the Scale Nation team. But, uh, you know, City of Gods, they returned their cast of characters. Lasan Chroma back for them. Omar Strong back for them. Um, Devin Sweetney back for them in a shooting guard role. Eaton Thomas, obviously, uh, has a lot of NBA experience under his belt after playing for Syracuse. So um, they're bringing back, you know, a core of the team. You know, a couple of guys are missing. But, uh, yeah, like I said, a lot of the, uh, the uh, you know, TBT experts are high on Gale Nation. They're expecting an upset here. And a couple of them actually have Gale Nation going pretty far in TBT, not just uh, by City Gods, but by Bayham's Army and a couple of teams after that. So, um, you know, people are high on them, Dan. So we'll see what happens. Jake, City of Gods is missing this year a couple of really key guys. Uh, DeMar, uh, DeMar Johnson, Pops Mensabansu, uh, Xavier Silas. Three really key contributors from their previous uh, 2015 and 2016 runs. But they're also bringing back some of the guys that are most important to them as well. Phil Goss, Lasan Chroma, Omar Strong. Devin Sweetney is healthy this year. Chris Wright uh, obviously is back and coming off a great season in Italy. And they're adding a couple of names that people are, I think, going to be impressed by if they know basketball. Mike Hall from George Washington, who is a longtime overseas pro, and Ron Slay, along with Etan Thomas. Uh, this is really a dangerous team. I personally will ne- would never bet against City of Gods uh, when it comes to advancing in TBT. Your thoughts on this one? Right. A team that with that much experience, both at the TBT level and the professional level, is not a team that can be overlooked. And sometimes, you know, people can fall in love with an 11 seed so much over a 6 seed that they kind of overlook the 6 seed, and that team just ends up making it, you know, a deep run like they should have. Uh, this is a team that is really solid from top to bottom that has uh, a good mix of, you know, scoring and post presence and uh, very well coached by Joe Connolly, obviously a guy with a ton of experience, both at the NBA level, he was coaching in Australia not too long ago. So he's going to have these guys ready to go. Uh, and I imagine they'll be practicing weeks leading up to uh, their matchup with Gale Nation. But so is Gale Nation as well. I was told that they started a two-week minicamp up in uh, New Rochelle, New York uh, on Monday. So those guys are really geared up and ready to go. Uh, they've added two other guys from just outside of Iona in Fuquan Edwin and D'Angelo Harrison. Edwin went to Seton Hall where he was a defensive stalwart, was the uh, NCAA co-steals leader uh, for that season in 2012. And D'Angelo Harrison had a solid career when he was at St. John's. So it was going to be, you know, a scrappy matchup there of, you know, teams that are going to be very defensively sound and, uh, you know, we'll try and, and bang it out and, and see what they can do there. But another guy you forgot to mention that City Gods won't have is James Gist as well, right. uh, who's been another member of that team who's, you know, again, a, a bouncy power forward they can use in the pick and roll who can attack the basket. Uh, it, it's going to be a very interesting matchup. If if they can outlast Gale Nation, then I can see them making a deep run uh, because this is, you know, a team that, again, is probably underseeded as an 11, but it, it goes to show you how deep this Northeast field is that we have this year. Uh, but they're going to give them a run for their money, and if they can outlast them, I think they can beat anybody. A couple of notes of concern on my part about both of these teams. If I was a fan of either of these teams, it was something that I would really think about. I think the first one is with City of Gods. Uh, although he's working them out in the weeks leading up to the regional, uh, Joe Conley's not going to be the game coach this year oh, wow. uh, for that team. And you know he's done such an amazing job, not only of strategizing, but motivating these guys during the TBT runs that they've had in the last couple of years. I think that's going to be a, a bit of a missing link for them. Uh, they do have guys, obviously, that are going to step up, but we'll see what happens on that front. On the Iona team's front, one of the things that I always find interesting about alumni teams is when you have some of their more notable alumni that are not playing with the team. Sometimes that can be a little bit of a red flag because typically if an alumni feels really strongly about his team that they're going to be successful, he's going to go with that squad. And there were two Iona guys that are actually playing on Team Fancy, which we'll talk about in a minute. But Mike Glover, a 6'8 power forward, who would really be helpful for that Gale Nation team. And Scott Machado, who is one of the more successful overseas professionals for 
uh, Iona, is playing on fancy as well. Uh, the lack of those two guys on Gale Nation might give a little bit of pause uh, about how mm. they feel about themselves. Because, what I've, again, what I've seen in the past is that if a guy feels like his alumni squad is going to have a chance to win, he's going to join that team. You've seen that this year with Colorado uh, in particular, is that they saw how well that team did, and suddenly they're getting flooded with requests to play for them. So it could just be a little bit of a first-year issue for Iona, um, but we'll see. I mean, I'm really intrigued by this matchup, again, as I am with almost every single one of them uh, here in the Northeast, but it's going to be an awesome game. All right, well, the winner of this 6-11 matchup, which again is at 4-15 on Saturday the 8th, is going to play the winner of the 3-14 matchup, which is Bayheim's Army, three-time TPT competitor uh, against Du Bois Dream, which is coming back for its second year. Uh, Jake, your thoughts on ba- this Bayheim's Army team for 2016? Yeah, again, they always put together a good team, and they're going to be solid from top to bottom. They have some big notable names. I love the addition of Scoop Jardine to this year's team, a guy who's trying to reemerge in the pro basketball scene, spent this year in Canada with two different teams, and played really well. He's going to be using TBT to sort of heighten his profile and let people know that he's still got it, and I expect him to sort of you know be that, that uh, leader for this team, that facilitator who runs the offense and really gets them going, uh, just like he was back with the Orange back in the day. And then you have uh, the scorers in the wings, James Sutherland, CJ Fair, you know, guys you can rely on to get a bucket for you when needed, as well as, you know, the post presence of Dante Green and Rick Jackson. So they're, they're a little, uh, not as deep as I used to, I'm expecting them to be. You know, this is a team that usually comes 10, 11 guys deep, and this year they don't really have the depth that they've had in past years. So we'll see if that, you know, becomes a factor for them, but they will always be well prepared. They've got a big following behind them that they don't plan on letting down. Uh, they took a step back last year. I believe that they only made it to the Sweet 16 after making it to the Elite Eight, uh, in their second year. Or in their in their in twenty fifteen, excuse me. So we'll see uh, if if they can sort of outlast uh, expectations for them there. But you can't overlook the Du Bois Dream Squad. You know, a team that has played a lot together uh, that will certainly you know be up to the challenge of, of whoever they face. Uh, and I, I think it should definitely be another good matchup. Although I would imagine Behan Darwin will prevail. They'll be having their own training camp the week leading up to their games. Uh, I, I can't imagine this will be a letdown game for them. Josh, your thoughts on this one? Yeah, I agree. I just think my one thing with Bayon's Army is they haven't been able to get over that hump yet, whether it be uh, the Super 16 or um, the regional championship game. And I'm just not sure they did enough to get over that hump. I mean, Scoop Jardine, I love him watching him in college. Really good player, really good pro career. Um, Deshante Riley, a seven-footer that they're bringing in. I'm just not sure that they've quite done enough, especially in the Northeast that's going to be really tough. I mean, when we talk about some of the teams we talked about, the toughest Northeast region we've ever had. I'm not sure it was quite enough to get over that hump, but um, like you said, you can't count out a a group of Syracuse alumni. I mean, uh, they've played together now in TBT. They know what it takes to win. Um, They're Like Jake mentioned, they're not as deep, um, but you know, when you have guys like Eric Devendorf, that's all heart right there. Dante Green, that's a guy who plays with all heart right there. CJ Fair. Um, So, uh, you know, they're going to be right in the mix. Again, I'm just not sure if they've quite done enough to get over that hump and make I do it think to that they've, Baltimore. I, well, we'll see. I mean, I think that the thing about Bayheim's Army is that you know how they're going to play and you know what they have to do to be successful. And last year they got tripped up against that Pitt alumni team because Pitt kind of has Syracuse's number in college, kind of like they do in TPT. Um, what I think is going to be interesting about this Bayheim's Army team this year is they're adding a guy, Trevor Cooney, uh, who's a lights oh, out wow. outside shooter. Mm. Uh, they have an opportunity to... Uh, really have probably the best, I don't know, three to four guard rotation that they've ever had. And as we know, guard play is super important in TBT. 
I like the Scoop Jardine addition. I think Brandon Trish is going to be really good again. Um, they're missing James Sutherland now because of the Summer League for that first weekend, so it'll be interesting to see if they add someone in for that first weekend, at least to help them get through. Um, I do think that they're probably going to prevail over this Du Bois Dream team, but the Du Bois Dream are a team that has competed in TBT before. They played City of Gods very, very close last year in their opening round matchup. So I wouldn't count out uh, Du Bois Dream here either. They've obviously got to hit their outside shots, but they're another one of these teams, a lot like OPI, that's playing for a cause. You know, yeah. um, you know, Albert Varichello is a is an attorney actually from central Pennsylvania and has um, really done some great things for charitable purposes. His father was tragically killed a couple of years ago, uh, who was a doctor in the Du Bois area as well. Uh, but anyways, I think they've got a lot of motivation to play well. Um, they've got all the right... Um, uh, gusto behind them to get themselves going. So I'm really intrigued to see this matchup as well. I do think Bayheim's Army is a great team. Uh, I think we're used to success from them, so we're looking at them probably a little bit more uh, jaundicedly than we would otherwise. But this is going to be a really dynamic matchup. But this is going to be, again, the 415, sorry, the 6 p.m. game on Saturday, July 8th. Now, they're going to play, obviously, the winner of that 611 matchup, City of Gods and Gale Nation. All right, let's go into the last part of the day. Uh, this was the team, guys. This is the 215 matchup. Supernova versus South Jamaica Kings. The Supernova team, I sent out a survey to all the GMs and asked them to rank the teams in each of the regions. Supernova was the number one rated team in the Northeast region by all the GMs. That doesn't surprise me at all. I mean, this is the deepest this Nova team has been. And it's it's a team that has always had some talent. You know all of, all of the good players that have come out of Villanova out of you know the past decade or so. But they have finally seemed like they were able to put it together this year after only showing up with five guys last year before Scotty Reynolds got hurt. Then you're down to four. And, you know, you can't win a game with four guys. You're going to end up losing. So they fought, fell to Bucknell in the first round. And maybe that was sort of the wake-up call that they needed to really you know, establish a solid roster and go – 10 guys deep like they had this year. It's a great mix of talent from, you know, different eras of Villanova basketball. You have, like, the core four of that Final Four team from uh, 2009 with Reggie Redding, Antonio Pena, Corey Fisher, and Scotty Reynolds. And I know a couple of those guys from the Liberty Ballers days. They're fantastic players who will be ready to play. You know, Antonio Pena is a former record holder uh, in TBT with uh, points in a game. So that's a guy who can light it up when necessary. And then you have some younger blood as well. Uh, Javon Pinkston, who just graduated a couple years ago, has spent some time in Italy. Daryl Reynolds, an NCAA champion in 2016, who just is graduating this year, is going to try and show what he has in uh, in TBT, provided he doesn't get a summer league invite. And if they can make it, you know, into the later rounds, they'll be joined by James Bell, who is going to be playing summer league, who absolutely lit it up in Israel this year. Was on a team with uh, Khalif Wyatt, a former Temple player, and when Wyatt went down, Bell stepped up as their scoring leader. Was the MVP of Israel in March and April. So if they can get through the first weekend of games and make it to the Sweet 16. Uh, in at LIU Brooklyn, they'll be joined by Bell most likely, uh, and that's just another added threat for this team. And then you look at the coaches too on the bench. You've got two experienced guys in Mike Nardi and Curtis Sumter, guys who are both coaching uh, in uh, their careers now as well. Nardi with Villanova, Sumter with the Delaware 87ers, the G League affiliate of the uh, Philadelphia 76ers. So really just top to bottom from a coaching staff, from a player's perspective, a very well put together, a, a team that I would pick to to come out of the Northeast region and to to make a run for Baltimore for sure. Josh, guard play, guard play, guard play. Villanova's got a lot of them. Between Malcolm they Gray, do. Corey Fisher, yeah. Scotty Reynolds, uh, you've really got some great guard play that's coming through with this squad. Your thoughts on this tw- uh, 215 matchup? Yeah, I mean, Marcus Morris would approve of this team, the way they've put together, as he's mentioned with the guard play a couple of times. But yeah, I mean, 
it, it, I think they're going to have a really tough game. I mean, not to, you know, South Jamaica Kings, they're a team who's going to play hard. Um, they're going to give you all they have. But uh, I think where Supernova could run into a little bit of trouble is with that second game, which we're going to talk about. I mean, really tough matchups they have in that second game. Uh, two other teams with really good guard play, too. But yeah, I mean, Supernova, uh, if you're a TBT fan, I would take last year and throw it out the window. Uh, I don't think you're going to see a problem with them this year showing up with five guys, and then obviously they had the unfortunate injury. Um, you know, the the best availab- availability, or I don't know the saying, the best Ability is availability, and yeah, I think yeah, you're going to see great. a lot more Supernova guys available for TBT 2017. Guard play, like you mentioned. Jake really kind of said it perfectly, but uh, I do think, Dan, if I'm, we're going to get into that second game now, they're going to have a little bit more trouble than people might think in that second game to move on to New York for the Super 16. I don't want to just gloss over the South Jamaica Kings. Um, I do want to talk about them for a sec. I mean, obviously, they're a 15 seed. Uh, 15s have beaten two, not only in the NCAA tournament, but as recently as last year in TBT. Uh, the South Jamaica Kings team are going to come into this game with a boxing mentality. Uh, Cameron Tyler, the GM and point guard, operates a combination basketball training facility and a boxing training facility. So when you look at their logo, what you're seeing is a pair of boxing gloves uh, hanging. They're going to be a team that comes out and fights. And not to use too many cliches, but they are absolutely not going to give up in this game. I expect them to play a very fast-paced game. They're going to press. They're going to shoot a lot of three-pointers. That's how a 15 beats a two. So if for some reason Supernova does not come with their A game, don't be surprised if the 15 here uh, pulls an upset and beats the two. I I have an interesting feeling about this South Jamaica Kings team. I don't think that it's going to be... A, uh, a blowout, but you know, we'll see. I've obviously been proven wrong on TBT before the nine thirty matchup. Hey. Sorry, go ahead, Josh. I just want to add in, I mean, they have guys who've played overseas, too. It's not like guys who are just playing on the playground. I mean, four guys on this team have played overseas, and they've you know made they've played professional basketball. So uh, just to kind of back up your point, these aren't guys who just kind of play together on the playground over in New York. I mean, they're really high-level guys who have basketball experience, and they, they've uh, you know done it for a living no matter for how many years. So uh, just like you said, Dan, I wouldn't look over them either. No, not at all. All right, the 9:30 matchup on Saturday night in Philly is going to be the number seven seed Team Fancy against the number ten seed Rebel Riders. These teams are almost indistinguishable in terms of overall talent level. If you have to tip the scales one way, uh, Jake, it's probably the fact that Jason Thompson, NBA vet, is playing with the Rebel Riders team. Absolutely, I and mean, Jason Thompson is probably one of the premier players in TBT this year. And the fact that we have him in the field. Uh, you know, it goes to show the legitimacy of what TBT is doing, the fact that guys with such a high profile are willing to play. Uh, the fact that he's reuniting with his brother, Ryan Thompson, is a fantastic story. Uh, both of them played together at Ryder, and the fact that they'll be sharing the court again, I imagine they'll have a little bit of chemistry that Team Fancy may not be able to match. And that's another thing, too, is when you look at the, the composition of these two teams. Yes, Team Fancy is a lot of guys from the New York area, but these are guys that really haven't played with each other much outside of, you know, the Iona factor between Scott Machado and Mike Glover, you know, the assortment of players from all sorts of different schools. St. Francis, Sacred Heart, Northwood University, Rashad James, uh, you know, a former D-League dunk contest champion. Uh, J.J. Moore from Rutgers, Kevin Parent from Arizona. All these guys are sort of spread out in different areas. You know, it's, it's questionable how much experience they have playing with each other, you know, getting to know each other. Uh, you know, leading up to TBT is hard with the Liberty Ballers team we had last year. If I could just give an example real quick, we had a lot of guys who just didn't really know each other's skill sets and how they perform well together. So, you know, it's, it's a feeling out period once you get into that TBT game is how can these guys coexist together? Can these skill sets, you know, complement each other? And in some cases, when you, get, you don't really know who you're playing with, it doesn't work out this way, that way. And then you have this rider team 
uh, you know, with four or five different guys with who are at from Ryder University who have played together and other guys from the Philadelphia area who certainly know each other uh, and have played on the same team, Brandon Penn, Samaj Inge, were on the same team in Germany a couple years ago. Uh, so it's it's going to be a matchup of, you know, chemistry and, and seeing if these guys, you know, really know uh, how to play uh, amongst each other. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the one thing I will say about Fancy is they do compete in the summer circuit in New York. I'm obviously a, a little bit of a different scenario than than what you have in TBT. So the question I have is how many of these guys on this TBT roster are playing with them right now um, up in New York? So that, that, that could be a contributing factor. On the other side of this, though, uh, Josh, this Ryder alumni team, uh, is coached by Tony Paris. Tony is a very well-known uh, basketball trainer in the um, South Jersey, Philadelphia area. And these guys are, in fact, practicing all the time with themselves uh, and uh, getting ready for this event. I mean, I-, I think this Ryder team is really dangerous. And then they added, too, Elijah Carter, who played uh, at Florida. Um, so, I, I mean, I- I'm really all in on this Ryder team. Um, like, Jake mentioned Jason Thompson, the longest tenured Sacramento Kings player uh, ever in their franchise history. Um, so like you said, it, I mean, I think it comes down to fancy. Like you mentioned, are they playing together right now? Do they have experience? I mean, John Mugar put out a great tweet the other day. In like three weeks, we're down to 16 teams. So if you're not practicing together, you should probably get to that right now. Um, and I think that's the case with fancy because they have so much talent. But like Jake kind of mentioned, not to just echo him, if they're not playing together, if they're not learning each other, skill set if they're not uh, putting together kind of a, a game plan then they could run into a little bit of trouble but um, Riders another one of these teams Dan where you look at them they should probably be better than a 10 seed it just kind of speaks to the talent that TBT has um, in this northeast region and really throughout the whole tournament that they are a 10 seed but um, I would probably think that they might be a favorite going into this game despite being um, the higher seed than Team Fancy so um, we'll see what happens but yeah I think this Rider team is going to surprise a lot of people and I think they kind of give to me that always a brave kind of type feel heading mm. into TBT. Yeah. A team from, um, you know, not as well-known, not a really um, well-known college basketball powerhouse, but they're a good program. They play well together, and I think they're going to make a deep run in It's TBT. actually an interesting parallel that you make because, you know, you could make the argument that Jason Thompson is sort of like a Marcellus Somerville for that squad, you know, an inside-outside threat that's going to be really difficult for for teams to match up with. Um, this is going to be a really dynamic regional. I can't wait for it to start. Remember, guys, that you can li- you can watch every single one of these games live on the ESPN app and on ESPN3. They'll all be streaming. The Northeast Regional kicks off on Saturday, July 8th at 9.15 p.m. Basketball all day. If you're a basketball junkie, what else would you want to do, Jake, besides watch this? Absolutely nothing. I mean, talent from top to bottom, local guys, NBA guys, well-known international players, it's the perfect place to be. There's nothing else going to be going on in the Philadelphia area. It's going to be the premier destination uh, for basketball in the Northeast, the entire Northeast. People will want to be here watching TBT. And if you won't be able to make it to Philadelphia U, that's okay. You can watch the games online at Watch ESPN. But try and make it out if you can. You know, the atmosphere at these games in a tiny gym like Philadelphia U where it can get packed and it can get rowdy. Uh, there's nothing like it, Dan. Josh, I feel, like I, I feel like I ask this every time and I just forget every time. You're on Twitter, right? I am on Twitter all the time. Yeah, okay, good. Uh, do you follow the tournament on Twitter? I, I did maybe in, it might be like my three-year anniversary today, Dan, following it's, at the tournament. Okay, and then are you on Facebook too? Like your social media, like you're pretty savvy on social media, right? Yeah, but I call myself a guru. Okay, so are you following and liking TPT on Facebook? I am at facebook.com slash the tournament. And Instagram, what, what's the handle there? 
Well, we, we've talked about that a little bit before, Dan. Dudu, uh, you'll have to listen back to the podcast if you want to know why. But we are on Instagram at the dot tournament again. The and then little dot tournament. And Jake, you're huge into podcasts. I know that. Absolutely. And you subscribe to TBT's podcast on Apple Podcast. Of course, I like listening to myself. Have you told? <laughs> That's a great answer, actually. Have you told your friends about the TBT podcast? All my friends know I get them all to listen. We all sit down in a little circle and we listen to them all together. They give me <laughs> feedback, tell me how I do, what I, what I can improve on going into next week's podcast. So, yes, they all listen. I love it. Game, game review is one of the most important things you can do for success in the future. All right, so everyone, be like Jake and Josh. Follow TBT on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Subscribe to TBT on Apple Podcasts. Make sure that your friends know all about the TBT Podcast. We'll be back with another episode very soon in which we detail the South Regional, so be on the lookout for that. Thanks again for your time, and we'll see you in Philly.